Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the African Fantasy Football Podcast with myself, Adam Spio, and my ever-present co-host, Sabelo Imbongo. It is the international break. Two weeks where myself, Sabelo, and other fans of the Premier League do not enjoy because, well, even though it's more football, it's not the teams that we want to watch. It has nothing to do with the Premier League. And we are forced to wait for another two weeks where, if we are unlucky, some of our players may get injured during the international game week. Sabelo, how was game week four for you? Uh... Uh, gaming four for me was was a bit bad because you know I I mistakenly uncaptained Holland and you put on a starlight performance and I we try again next week. How was it for you? You mistakenly uncaptained him? Yo, that is wild. Bro. <laughs> that is wild. How how'd you make such an error? Bro, literally, I was setting my squad up and then somehow I switched the captains with the strikers because all of my strikers, I put them in front. Somehow, the captains on band switched. Maybe they discussed it between them. I don't know, but something <laughs> happened. Uh, the FPO gods were working against you, isn't it? Most definitely, bro. Yeah. Definitely. I, I think I had a good game week four. Um, it could have been better if I hadn't started Isak and rather born Sobo Sly. That would have given me a good 94 points. And uh, yeah, 84 points. I can't complain. I was in a top 1.4 million for the game week rank, which is really good considering there are about 9.8 million FPL managers out there. So it, it was a real win for me. Just very disappointed that looting uh couldn't even get a draw you know so my defenders i have two looting defenders and van heck at brighton so you know none of them could get me six points and that was really disappointing for me bruno fernandez was a a real shame for my team this week saka got four points which is okay but i expected more from him and like yeah like i said i had Fubosly on my bench mistakenly you know, and he gave 10 points. So it was a game week to save her because my first 84 points in the season. However, it could have been better if I was wiser with my decisions. But yeah, I mean, the average point for game week two was 72 points. Sabelo, imagine almost 9.8 million FPL managers and the average point was 72. Why do you think it was so? I mean, a very clear reason is that almost everybody captain Haaland, right? And it's going to make the game skewed to a certain point in time where if you don't have key differentials for particular games, you really wouldn't be able to stand out. Uh, definitely. Haaland played a big role with the, the average points of for the week. Most people captained him. But I also think like, that now, now that we are on game week four, people are starting to get a feel more or less who are the ones who are gonna be impactful during the the this Premier League season. Who are the players on form? So people are looking out for such things. Yeah, I feel managers are more knowledgeable right now. They know that 
uh, people that are on set pieces means more points and stuff like that. So basically, yeah, people are better coaches now than they were in game week one. I mean, I will beg to differ. I wouldn't necessarily say people are better coaches because Haaland is in approximately 92% of squads and approximately 92% of those people must have captained him. So, of course, you get the majority of the point for and, you know, once it happens like that, you know for a fact that people who may not necessarily do very well will still be high up there because, well... They have Haaland. They have those points that they need. However, Son is in 10.3% of people's teams and Ferguson is in 7.8% of people's teams. Out of these two players who got a hat-trick over the game week, which of them stood out for you? Which one was a real surprise to the game week? One where if we were told to bet an amount of money, you would bet that there's no way to score a hat-trick. I'm glad that uh, Ferguson got his hat-trick. I mean, this pers- this player literally came out of nowhere. People didn't really know him like that. And then he came to the Premier League and scored a hat-trick. And I think this is his, his first season playing, getting regular game time. And to do that in your first season, getting regular game time and getting a hat-trick is pretty good. And I think that managers should probably look out for him. Um, he's a he's a, he's a group player. I was watching him when he scored that hat trick. I was watching that match. He's a very great player. I feel like he has a future, and he's he's gonna be a problem for a lot of teams in the Premier League this season if they don't watch out. I mean, I certainly agree with you, Sabello. I saw a tweet on um X. One Liverpool fan was saying that Liverpool should do everything to get Ferguson into the squad. I mean, it's taken him four game weeks to get four goals, which is important here because in the first game against Luton, he played only 12 minutes. Against Wolverhampton Wanderers, he came in for only 23 minutes. He then played 90 minutes against West Ham, which they lost, and had an opportunity to play 80 minutes against Newcastle where he scored a hat-trick. We knew him from last season where he showed some bit of promise here and there. I think it's going to be a real battle for a lot of managers knowing very well that there are some good strikers out there who has, who who can give you options. You know, you have your Alvarez, you have your Haaland, you've got your Ferguson's. Potentially, when Newcastle find their feet again, Isak will start scoring very well. We've got Darwin Nunes, who's scoring and assisting as well. I look forward to seeing the real competition building up where it will take the smartest and wisest of managers to be able to grab the right striker for the right game week. One striker who particularly stood out to me, I was surprised that he did well in the game week, was Edson Eduard. And Eduard isn't someone who is consistent. Why do I say this? Um, In Arsenal, when he played Arsenal in game week two, he had only two points. When he played Brentford in game week three, he had only two points. Then, immediately against Wolves, he's gotten 13 points. In his first game week against um, Sheffield United, he had seven points. For such an inconsistent striker, do you think it would be wise for managers to have him in their team? Of course, he's in only 2.5% of teams. And given his price, 
of 5.5 million pounds. Perhaps he may be a good differential to explore. What are your thoughts? Uh, Edward, excuse me. Edward is a very good player. Uh, remember the first time seeing him when he was playing for Celtic, and I thought he was doing really well. But when he got to the Premier League, he had a slow start. He's been inconsistent. But I don't take anything away from him. But me personally, as a manager, I don't think I would sign him. Reason being, he's inconsistent. And, you know, in FPL, you need people that are consistent. So if he's someone I can't rely on, I wouldn't think I would choose him. And him being in, in, in a small percentage of managers' teams makes sense because, you know, he doesn't have that much consistency. But... He could still turn it around for himself uh, as the season progresses. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I share the same sentiment with you because, I mean, Crystal Palace isn't a team that would score a lot of goals. We know that Hoxton is a very defensive person, although he has a lot of good young attackers this season that can, you know, try and score goals. But of course, I wouldn't get Eduard in my team because I don't know whether he'll be able to deliver week in, week out. But I will have, and I do have, Julian Alvarez in my team, the young boy who has been selected for the 30-man um, team for the Ballon d'Or for this year, is showing managers that I deserve to be in your team as much as Haaland is in your team. I mean, Alvarez is in approximately 14% of managers' teams as compared to Haaland, who is in approximately 92%. Do you think it's high time that we double up on Haaland and Alvarez, at least from now to halfway through the season, and then find a third option in Ferguson? Because you do know that Alvarez will either score or assist for you, and you need those points getting to the middle part of the season and the latter part of the season as well. Definitely. Alvarez is a great player. He's shown multiple times when given a chance how well he plays. And most recently, Pep has also trusted him more than he did last season. So adding him to the team, to your FPL team, would probably be best because he puts on great performances. He's like a silent killer for me when I watch him because, you know, he doesn't say much. He's not in the media much. He's a quiet player. He just gets his, his job done and gets out, you know. So I feel like that's why most people don't really notice him. But he's, he's a really good player. I would definitely advise people to get him in the FBL team. I spoke to a colleague the other day who was saying that Alvarez is only getting enough playing time because the great Kevin De Bruyne is injured. Is this true? Do you think Haaland coming back will affect his game time and the minutes that he gets allocated because I'm sure Pep is thinking right now that anytime I play Alvarez, he either gets a goal, gets an assist, or he contributes to the goal in a very powerful way. Will this, will KDB coming back change Pep's approach and should managers consider that moving forward? Yeah, I really think right now the ball is really in Alvarez's court. Um, If he plays well, until De Bruyne returns, it would really be unfair on him if he would get replaced just because De Bruyne is back, whereas he, he, he'll carry them for the next few months. 
that's really up to him. But I feel he could play really well while De Bruyne is gone. And it is true. He probably he is a replacement for De Bruyne. You know, since they sold Gundogan, they don't really have a lot of midfield options. And he's really good. So, like I said, it, it really is up to him how well he does over the course of De Bruyne's injury and recovery. When we move to the defensive side of things, Trent really showed managers that, hey, I'm back to my excellent self. I can give you points that you, you do need. Trust me and bring me into your team, regardless of the fact that I cost 8.0 million pounds. He ended with 12 points, and he's in approximately 13% of managers' teams. Is this the right time to bring Trent back, or is just a glitch in the season? I think that Trent is really is really playing good football right now. I don't know if you notice. You probably do as a Liverpool fan that there's a bit he's added a certain midfield dimension to his game as of late. But in terms of adding him to your team, I wouldn't rush it just yet. I'd say give it let's say two three game weeks and see if he'll catch form. Even though he'll be he'll probably be more expensive when he catches form, but I say it's worth the risks just to see how well he's going to do. For me, he's still too expensive. Um, going for him would mean that I have less money for another premium, either in attack or in midfield. And I really can't risk that right now at this point in time because I'm trying to get to the at least top 50K out of the 9.8K, out of the 9.8 million managers out there. So, yeah, I'll, I'm still on the fence with this. I'll, I may give it time, but yeah, I think Trent, now that he's found his mojo, if he can keep consistent, I really don't see how Liverpool struggle to do very well this season, perhaps top two in the Premier League. Another Liverpool player who is high-flying and doing very well at the moment is Soboslai. And sadly, Soboslai is in 4.4% of managers' teams. Do you think managers are sleeping on such a gem who we all know was so electric for Leipzig last season? Is it high time that managers start to bring this young man into their team, knowing very well that he's on set pieces for Liverpool, especially in the corners? And last season, Liverpool was the team that scored the most from set pieces. Is this the right time for managers? Because for me, he's in my squad. I regret not even starting him ahead of Isak. So... It's a no-brainer for me, but should managers start to look at him more and consider his pedigree? Yeah, definitely. Like, Sawasla is a, is, a, is a decent player considering that it's his first season in the Premier League. Like, most of his teammates are new to him. Actually, all of them. So, he's still learning how to play the Liverpool way, but you don't see it when he plays. When he plays, it's like he's been there for longer than he actually has been. So if you're a manager, I'd definitely say add Sabuslides to your team. He has a certain dynamic about him that is different. I don't think there is a Premier League player that is similar to him because I watch him almost every week and, you know, he's different, really. I'm sure you, you see the same thing, so... If you are a manager, you probably it's probably in your best interest to have him in your team. 
Yeah, he's different, to be very honest. He's different. And I think long-term, he's going to be a differential that a lot of managers are going to benefit from getting to halfway through the season and getting to the penultimate stage of the season because at the price that he is and, you know, 7.0 million pounds, that's such a huge steal. Foden is 7.5 and you don't know whether Foden will start games. But Dominic has started all games since he came. Literally all games. And in all games since he came, he's played 90 minutes. So, you've, of course, you know that out of that 90 minutes, there's an opportunity for him to either get a goal or get an assist or get a goal and an assist. And it's one where with 9.8 million managers out there and 92% of them captain in Haaland, You'd want a differential that will move you a tad bit, at least ahead of your mates in your mini league. So for me, Superstar is a no-brainer. But regardless of the fact that Harlan Son Ferguson scored a hatchet, I think my standout performer for game week four is Declan Rice. I mean, Mandem bossed the midfield like nobody's business. And he's the one who really created the pathway for Arsenal to get to win against Manu. Sabello, as a deep Arsenal fan, what were your thoughts on Rice? For me, I was saying what he did is the main reason why Ateta brought him in to be able to find that gem and that spark when it's all dark around them and to give Arsenal three points. What a player he is. You can say that again, Adam. What a player he is. He is worth every penny that we spent on him. Declan Rice, he, he's a great player. I mean, I was watching him against United and how he passed that midfield was amazing. He fits into the Arsenal team so perfectly. It doesn't almost seem like he's a new signing. He scored what could be our winner besides that beautiful goal Jesus scored. That could have been our winner and it wouldn't have been a bad one as well. All Arsenal fans, I think I speak for all Arsenal fans when I say we've been waiting on that goal ever since we signed Declan Rice. And we finally got it. You know, so I feel you'll play a very big role in Arsenal's season. If they plan on, on winning it this season, they should definitely play him more. And, you know, but he's a, he's a, he's a great player. He's a great player. And on FPL, I don't know if I'd add him just yet. Even though he, he's playing really good, I feel like he could still do more. And he hasn't reached that point where he's supposed to reach. That It's something that, you know, you have to see to believe, like, to see what I was talking about. You have to see that moment to say that, okay, this is what he was referring to when he said there's a place that Declan Rice is supposed to get to. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. And, I mean, I'm not going to add him to my team yet, but I'm enjoying watching his journey and watching him grow the way that, you know, he's growing. I think for me, some of my biggest disappointments for Game Week 4 and seeing that they started with a huge buzz in Game Week 1 and 2 and maybe even 3 uh, were two Brighton players, Pascal Gross and Soli March, and one United captain called Bruno Fernandes. I mean, he was just a huge disappointment. I've, I've been expecting him to do all this season at his very expensive price, but he doesn't look like he's pulling up at all. I mean, who are the people who disappointed you for game with Forza Bello? For me, I'd say Enzo Fernandez and the Chelsea players 
as a whole. I mean, the squad is worth almost a billion pounds, but they couldn't get a win against Forest, which is worth a fraction of the total squad is for Chelsea. I expected him to do better because, you know, it's Chelsea versus Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest are only in their second consecutive season in a very long time in the Premier League. So I thought that Chelsea would probably do better. I even saw the Chelsea play. I was like, nope, these people are not getting any better. So yeah, definitely it was them. Yeah, I have to agree with you. The, the, the Chelsea boys aren't looking good at all. And I was even telling a mate of mine that it's looting that they won against. Everybody, you have to beat looting. They just came into the Premier League. They don't have the Premier League pedigree. So if you lose against looting, it really speaks volumes. So Chelsea fans shouldn't be too excited that they won against looting. The truth of the matter is, no matter how much you support Chelsea, I don't think it's wise to have Chelsea players in your team. I mean, let's just go through the percentages. Kowal is in 4.4% uh, of teams at a price of 4.5. You can have another defender in there. Ori perhaps would do better for you. Um, Gusto is in 12.5% of teams. I know that he assisted in the previous game week. So a lot of managers, especially Chelsea fans, would want to double up on him. But of course, look at how they performed poorly against Nottingham Forest. And I don't really see Chelsea... And, you know, Gusto particularly doing very well this season because, of course, you're not Reese James. Disasi is in 7.3% of teams at 5.1 million. I mean, you can get different defenders who can... Ashley Young, who may not necessarily score goals or give you assists, can be a safe stay for you. Um, Enzo is in 4.1% of teams. Sterling is in 16.4%. Why should Sterling be in 16.4%? of managers' teams, knowing that he's not been consistent. You can easily have Soboslai in there. I was saying Soboslai is in 7% of managers' teams, 4% actually. People, I think 7 or 4, one of them. People need to start to ramp up on players who, A, will get 90 minutes, and B, have the higher potential of giving assists and goals because, of course, they're in set pieces. So for me, the Chelsea boys really disappointed me by, hey, I'm not surprised. It's a new team. Nobody expects them to do very well. And perhaps maybe after the international game week, the players may find their groove, they may find their mojo and become better. But as, as it stands right now, I really don't see the pathway for them to move forward. But I mean, we only, we only hope they do better. We really only hope they do better. Apart from Ferguson... Who was the other youngster that stood out for you in Game Week 4 and you believe can have a promising run for this season? Yeah, in Game Week 4, Billy Gilmore did pretty well as well. Uh, I think he was in the team of the week, if I'm not mistaken. He played very well in uh, that Brighton game. He did very well. I feel like him and Ferguson, once they, they get that chemistry to link properly, they'll be a dangerous pair in the Premier League which they are very young players, so they might be a, a dangerous pair for a very long time. That Billy Gilmore, I saw him a few times at Chelsea. They didn't really give him a chance, and then he came to Brighton. And then he hasn't really started playing, but then in this past game, he, he played very well. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Gilmore was such a bright spark when he was at Chelsea, and I was even tipping him to become one of the best young players there, you know, after Mason Mount had shown that he could be top for Chelsea, but 
they found a way to get rid of him, which is quite sad. But he did very well in the previous game week. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what he will be able to do this season. We need more young players pulling up and being a threat to a lot of the established FPL people. I mean, I'm learning my lesson big time. I'm going to sell Bruno Fernandes and bring in a cheaper option who is going to give me games and perhaps not even give me yellow cards. It's baby, it's baby Bruno who keeps getting yellow cards that affects my team. And I really can't be stressing myself. I really can't be stressing myself like that. We know that we're already done with game week one for the international break. And there's another game week to come for the international break. But let's quickly go through the games for game week five and pick our highest scoring, our least scoring, and maybe even share some of the players that may do all in those games. Saturday, 16th September 2023 begins game week five, where Liverpool goes away to Wolves at the Molyneux Stadium at 11.30 GMT. Then at 2pm GMT, there are five games. Um, Villa are home to Palace, Fulham are home to Luton, Brighton away to Manu, Sheffield away to Spurs, and West Ham are home to Man City. I mean, that's going to be a cracking game. And then at 4.30pm GMT, we have Newcastle hosting Brentford at St. James's Park. On Sunday, we have Chelsea away to Benmouth at 1pm GMT. Then we have Arsenal going away to Everton at 3.30pm GMT. I remember how that game was such a tough one for Arsenal last season when they were getting to the penultimate stage of the Premier League season. I hated the fact that the Everton players were such a downer and, you know, stunk with their attitude towards playing. But hopefully this season, Arsenal can trash them. Then on Monday, we see Nottingham Forest at home to Burnley. Two teams that have played together in the league. No, actually, they didn't play together, but two teams that are on some form of quality together, knowing very well that company is coach of Burnley. Sabello, out of these games, which is going to be your highest scoring and your lowest scoring? I think for me, my highest scoring, I have to pick Liverpool because Wolves isn't doing well this season and Liverpool is on a real high. I believe they can continue the pace at which they're going through. And I think the lowest scoring game I have to pick, maybe... I have to say Fulham looting because Fulham doesn't look like they will score four or five goals. Maybe a goal, a goal or two, maybe a draw there. But yeah, this those two have to be my highest scoring and lowest scoring games. Uh, for me, the highest scoring game, I'd probably say Spurs against Sheffield. Spurs are playing, I feel like Spurs are playing really well. You know, compared to how they were playing at the back end of last season. You know, so I feel they will score more goals uh, more than anyone in this coming game week season. Or they will be tied with another team. Um, And then the lowest scoring, I have to agree, Fulham and Luton. I mean, they are both low-scoring teams. So, in in one in a way, I feel like it, it could be a very tight game. It could be a draw as well, you know. Because these teams have met a couple of times. This is probably the the team that Luton have met the most in the Premier League. So I feel it will be a very tight game. And uh, in this following game week, Adam, which player would you do you think would probably stand out? 
I think my standard performer for game week five, um, I have to go with Ferguson as well. Although it shows he's um, somewhat injured on the app, I think he's going to take the form that he has from game week four, the form from the international break, and perform very well. I wish him well. And for Haaland, we all know that he would already do well. Um, and the big boys who already do well. So I have to go with Ferguson. For me, it's the youth. Now I focus on actively because, of course, they would take over from the known guys. And this week, I have to agree. United is having is having a dressing room malfunction. You know, a lot of players are not playing. There's divisions. And Brighton are a team that's fairly on top. They're on top of their game in their own right. So I feel Ferguson will probably also do well. I like I've I've become a lover of him ever since I've, I've I've watched him, so I'm convinced he will carry on in, in that trajectory. And then, like you said, Haaland, it goes without saying. It goes without saying he's probably gonna play well. But they are coming up against a formidable opponent, so we'll see how that goes. Another player I think is gonna play well this coming game week will be. It's actually two from Spurs. Will be Son and Vicario. I mean Vicario. You know, a lot of people haven't had him in their team, but then he, he's proving to be a very good goalkeeper. So I'm expecting him to, to bring that that to the next game week. And Son, I expect him to get better, you know, because Son is a, is a world-class player. You know, he's just haven't has had a bad spell most recently. But overall, he's a good player. I agree with that. A player into Sheffield, you would think that he can perhaps bang another hat trick. Um, so of course it's 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 more or less expected for him to do or against a lesser side that just came into the Premier League. The reason why I went with Ferguson because of course they're facing United. Um, it's always my dream to see United feel more and more. So for the managers who are Man fans, unfortunately for me, I am not supporting your guy, and I want Ferguson to do well. But I think it makes a lot of sense that. Stone will have the opportunity, perhaps to score another hat trick. However, at a price of nine point zero million pounds, Sabello, do you think managers will have it easy to bring him in? And this is a perfect segue to our next segment where we are discussing wild cards. It's game week four. A number of managers are happy with their positions. A number of managers are bleeding already. In the previous game week, I believe if the stats were right. Um, in the previous game week, four hundred and six thousand nine hundred and eighteen wild cards were played. So it means that a lot of managers still have their wild cards. Is this a great time in the season to play a wild card, or it makes much more sense to hold on out to later in the season where you've seen the differentials, you've seen the performances of most key players, and you're confident enough to move towards them. I'd say people shouldn't just play their wild cards just yet. You know, I mean, it's still the first five games of the season. We're still within the first five games of the season, so I wouldn't rush the wild card until you really need it because I don't think anybody that has used it already really needs it. But, you know, I'd say wait until you really need it in the middle of the season where the little points count. You know, when, when it's really tight on the log, and you really need that a little edge just to take you over the top. 
just to make sure that you you get more points and you know and really compete. But for now, I'd say people should hold on onto those wild cards. I think it's quite clear that we have a number of managers who may not necessarily be top class with their approach to managers managing. You know, some people will be new in the game. So maybe panicking right now, oh, I need to get points, I need to push myself in there, blah, blah, blah. But when you, you've played the game for as long as I have, and I'm sure you've been playing for a long time, you get to realize that, like we always say, FPL is a marathon, it's not a sprint. So I agree with you there. It's it's not the best time to play a wild card. It, it pays to be patient. Perhaps you may play a wild card, bring in a player, they get injured next week. How do you solve that? You know, so the wise thing here, managers, keep your wild cards, continue to study the players. Some players, like like I've seen with Solly March and uh, Pastel Gross, can be good in two, three games, flopping the rest. But you think that they're top players, you know, nothing against them or against Brighton players. But consistency is key when you want to be able to use your wild card. And I mean... Sabolo, you've said this, you've said it's spot on. No need to use a wild card now. Just be patient moving forward. If you were to select right now your game week team to look out for for game week five, who are the players that you pick? In game week five, I'd probably have Edison in the post. And then he's he's gonna go up against West Ham. But I'll feel that you'll He'll face threats for Miguel Antonio, and you know, and the Gerard Bowens. But he's a world-class goalkeeper, so it's nothing that he can't handle. And then in the back four, you know, I always stay true to my boy Saliba. I'd say Saliba in our back four. Uh, if you have a Dan Burn from Newcastle, you should definitely have Dan Burn in your team in this coming game week. As to Pinan, who's going to play against United. They're coming up against not the strongest of United teams, but so I expect them to do very well in that match. If and then Robertson also as well, you know, he's a he's a fullback that plays very well. He attacks, he defends, so that should get you a lot of points. And on the other end, I'd have a Trent Alexander Arnold as well. Like I said, with with this new dimension to his game, he's he's probably gonna take over that Wolf, that Wolf's team and play pretty well and maybe get like an assist or two. And then in the midfield, I definitely have a Bukayo Saka. You know, I'd, I'd play Saka this coming week because he's been phenomenal. He just won English Player of the Year back-to-back. Uh, so I expect him to do well because we're coming up against Everton. And Everton is a fairly decent team. But a win shouldn't be a problem, even though you're going away to Goodison Park. And uh, Luis Diaz in your team. Wait, 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 hold on. Did you say decent? Everton is a decent team. Oh, yes. No, I think you're taking a piss. They're not a decent team, no. A decent team doesn't struggle battling relegation two seasons in a row. It doesn't work like that. A team that's decent... It's Brentford. A team that's decent, it's Fulham. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Liverpool. Everton is not a decent team. Let's let's just put it out there. It's, I'm not <laughs> saying this because I'm a Liverpool fan, but it's a real fact. Because 
decent teams, you'd have the players in your team. I really don't think a lot of managers have even the best players in Everton in their team. The yeah. team is so indecent, it will be took the opportunity to leave the moment he came. So let's just <laughs> let's just go back to that. Everton is not a decent team. Thank you. You can go on. <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, uh, we also will definitely get a win there. And um, having a Luis Diaz, he didn't play that much last game week because of the, the red card. So I wouldn't blame him. But I expect him to, to get a fair run in this upcoming game week against Wolves. So if you have him, I'd say play him as well. And then another player you should have in your midfield, uh, human. So, well, the red card was for the game against Newcastle, but he did play against Aston Villa. However, he got two points. Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah, he did, he, he did pretty bad, but Luis Diaz is that player that, that could switch on at any given time. He's always there when Liverpool needs him. You know, he, he can he can grind out those performances. So I'd say him. And having a human song in your team as well in this upcoming game week. As you said, uh Spurs they are facing Sheffield. So Son, as you said, could get like a hat trick, probably an assist. I definitely suggest having him in your team. And then another player I'd say you should probably have in the midfield in this upcoming game week is probably uh, Diglin Rice. You know, not to blow our own horn or anything, but then, you know, Diglin Rice is, is, is class. So I'll probably have him. And then in the attack, obviously, we say this every week, Haaland. If you have Haaland, please, please, guys, captain him. Don't make the mistake <laughs> that I made. Don't make the mistake I made. It's a it's a lesson that I I learned the very hard way. But if you have a new team, definitely. And then Ferguson as well. You know, Ferguson is upcoming. It's upcoming. I don't see him stopping anytime soon. So if you don't have him, get him. If you have him, play him. And uh my final attacker, I'd have to go with Alexandra Isak. You know, he definitely bangs in them goals. For you, Adam, how is your squad looking for this upcoming game week? Well, I'm quite disappointed that you picked Isak ahead of Alvarez. But hey, uh, that's fine. For me, in Paul, Trafford, cheaper option so I can survive. I realise facing Man City, so there's no way I want to, you know, take that risk <laughs> to lose points to my goalkeepers. Perhaps maybe barely can force a draw or maybe a win against Nottingham Forest we may never know. Like I mentioned, my defenders are already very cheap options. Two looting defenders I, I guess people wouldn't want them so I wouldn't mention them. But I have been Heck in my team who can be a great option for you against Manchester United. Of course, I agree with you with the midfield of Saka because against Everton and looking at how he got the assist for Declan Rice's goal, he can perhaps score a penalty and get an assist, which I'll be looking towards. Luis, I would rather replace with Soboslai, who is five, who is open five million pounds cheaper. because uh, of course Soboslai is on set pieces. So again, an opportunity to force someone to score a goal from one of his corner kicks. Um Son is a no-brainer, although I don't have him. It makes a lot of sense to have Son 
in there because he will perform very well and he will get you the points that you want. I think for me, a strange selection that I would go with, although he's been stressing me for the last four game week, is Brian in Buemo. I believe that he's finding his feet back. He's on set pieces for Brentford. So, of course, he'd be crucial in there. And my attack, I mean, my top three, Alvarez, Haaland, Ferguson, no questions asked. I believe these players can get me the most of points and do very well for me in game week five. So I'm really looking forward to an exciting game week five in two weeks' time. Sabola, how about you? Yeah, definitely. You know, this internet no break feels like taking a break from your girlfriend. It's not the nicest, but you know, what can we say? It's hard for this season. I'm definitely excited. Can't wait. Can't wait to break down game week five as well. 100%. I mean, I wouldn't use a golfer analogy, but having having to watch international football rather than Premier League football, for me, it's like walking 24 hours without sitting down. It makes no sense to me. I don't want to watch international games. I want to watch the Premier League. But hey, it's part of the structure for football, so we can't complain. So, but look, up to captain picks now. Looking at the fixtures for game week, I mean, let's... Let's just not say Haaland anymore because we know that people are going to captain him regardless. But apart from Haaland, who is going to be your selection for the captain pick for game week five? I know it's too early, but I mean, let's try and project forward. I think for me, I would have to go with either captaining um, Son against Sheffield or captaining Salah against Wolves. Who are your other two captain picks apart from Haaland? Uh, for me, I'd captain a son as well. But my second captain, I'd say Bukayo Saka. I expect them, I expect both of them to do very well in, in game week five. So definitely, besides Haaland, they'll be my next two choices. I mean, we can only hope that these people do very well. And as managers, we get to enjoy. Before we go, let's quickly share where we rank globally. Out of, sadly for me, out of 9.8 million managers, I am in the 4.2 million bracket. It's so sad. I thought I'll start very well and be performing very well. But the first two game weeks were a real hurdle for me to jump over. Sabelo, where are you ranked in? FPL world. Um, currently, I'm ranked in the eight millions. You know, not something I'm proud of, but then you know. I <laughs> <laughs> miss you're bleeding even more than me. My brother, let me tell you this: the last two weeks have been very rough for me, but then you know, I'll bounce back. It's only game week five. We have what thirty-three more games to go, so I, I, I think I'll recover. Yeah, I like that. I like how you say you bounce back. And the truth of the matter is that you will bounce back because FPL, as we're always saying, is a marathon. It's definitely not a sprint. That's all, folks, for the preview of Game Week 5 during the first week of the international break for myself, Adam Spiel, and my ever-present co-host, Sabelo Mbongo. Do tune in for next week's episode as we 
get closer to previewing Game Week 5 as well during the second half of the international break where we've seen players perform, players get injured and changes within the lineups of managers. Till we meet next week, goodbye.